We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. And we'd just like to pray for you first before I'd you... I'd very much appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Lord, we thank you uh, for the uh, sacrifice that Louise has made to uh, come down this morning uh, by herself to, um, uh, to share with us her message on spiritual champions. Um, Lord, we pray for a real indwelling of the Holy Spirit for her this morning as, um, as she teaches us from her uh, own experiences, uh, from her experiences in the Baptist Union. Lord, we just uh, ask that uh, uh, your message uh, through her uh, will be really, um, yeah, just dripping with your word and uh, and your Holy Spirit this morning. So we thank you for Louise now in your precious name. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Uh, big thank you, yes, for having me here. I want to thank you for your hospitality and generosity that has been expressed um, beautifully by Carl and Alex, who've organised accommodation for me and um, then dinner last night and yeah, I'm really grateful for your, um, yeah, the culture of a church that uh, does that. It's wonderful and I'm really glad to be here. My daughter, the 12-year-old, recently asked me, hey mum, if you could do anything and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would it be? Uh, uh, um, oh, can I have a minute to think about that? Uh, anything and I couldn't fail. Uh, well, I racked my brains and I did come up with something a few days later, actually. I thought about when I was growing up, what did I want to be a champion at? What did I want to really nail? I wanted to be a world-class singer. I wanted to be able to hit every note, come in on time every single time, be able to hear every part in my head and choose which one I sang. So I can hold a tune and I do lead worship at times, but I wouldn't say that I'm a champion, but that was what I wanted to do. And if I knew I wouldn't fa- couldn't fail, that's probably what I'd like to do now too, to be able to, I don't know, Adele it out. I just, I'd love that. But what about you? What did you want to be a champion of as a kid or... Or now as an adult, what did you want to be a champion of? Maybe you could tell somebody who's near you if you're watching online, put it in the comments if you're here, just turn to someone and call out, what did you want to be a champion of when you were growing up? Was it cricket? Was it guitar? What was it that you wanted to be a champion? If you're meeting in a home with some others, just pause for a sec. I wanted to be, or I still want to be, a champion What we got? What did you say, Steve? What did you want to be a champion of? Uh, champion pilot. A pilot, a champion pilot. Awesome. Uh, for those of you who are parents, I wonder what you would like your kids to be champions of. Maybe it's soccer. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's maths. Maybe. Maybe. Well, maybe some of you would have loved to have been a champion runner, as good as this guy, Elliot Kipchoge. 
He is the world record holding marathon runner. And a little over a year ago, he ran an under two-hour marathon. Unheard of. It would take me two days, not two hours to run the course. He's an absolute champion for sure. And he actually eclipsed his own world record that he won in the Berlin Marathon in 2018, two hours and one minute and 37 seconds, in this event when he ran the under two-hour marathon. It was actually an event, not an official marathon. The goal was to see what is humanly possible. Could a marathon be run in under two hours? And he did. Truly amazing. Elliot Kipchoge is a champion. Now, I'm wondering how many hours did I invest to try and be a champion singer or did you invest to be a champion baker or soccer player or are you investing in your kids to give them the opportunity to have championship status? See, I know I'd love my kids to be a champion, to be champion musicians. It's a bit of a thing in our family. So I remind them to practice over and over and over again. And I pay for lessons and bought them a decent instrument to, to practice on. You know, a violin always sounds better if you buy the more expensive one. Just a tip for anyone who's got champion violins in training. But you know, even better than a soccer champion or a violin champion is being a spiritual champion. And actually, that's what Paul says in, in 1 Timothy 4. He says, physical training, is, it's good. But training for godliness is much better. And it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. So today, we're actually looking at becoming spiritual champions. I think we all know what a singing champion would look like or a soccer champion what does a spiritual champion look like? So to get us on the same page, let's, let's come up with a definition. I'm going to say that a spiritual champion is someone who walks with Jesus all the days of their life. Like they finish the race, whether there's ups or downs. They never, well, when they hit the wall, they keep going. They invite others to do the same. Now there's one thing about spiritual champions. There is no world record holder. In fact, we all, every single one of us, have the opportunity to be a spiritual champion. But the question is, how do we actually create the environment where that can happen? And I'm absolutely certain it doesn't look like this. Because actually, that's not how Jesus created spiritual champions, isn't it? The answer is actually imitation, uh, not the genuine fake watches type imitation, which was actually a stall in uh, Turkey where this guy is selling genuine fake watches. So when I say imitation, sometimes we don't think of that as a really good thing. But imitation in this sense is. It's the sort of imitation that Paul talks about in Philippians. 
the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So apart from Eliud's amazing physical capacity, there was some science. And one of the strategies that Eliud used in that race that he ran in under two hours was other runners to imitate. See, in a marathon, you see a runner up ahead of you and you run to catch them or at least not let them get any further ahead. And in order for Elliot to have the best chance of running an under two-hour marathon, he needed other runners he could imitate. So throughout the race, champion uh, runners would come in, world-class runners would come onto the track and they would run with him, some behind him and some in front of him, to keep him moving so that he wouldn't fall back and he would push forward. He had pace setters pace setters who came in and out of the race and Paul is saying in that Philippians passage to be a spiritual champion do what I do and we see that throughout the Bible Joshua imitated Moses Barak imitated Deborah the disciples imitated Jesus Timothy imitated Paul and one of the answers to becoming and to raising spiritual champions is imitation. I don't know if you've heard the term influencer. It's kind of this thing that goes around now about social media influencers and people often offer to uh, eat in your cafe and give a good review and you know be an influencer. But it's actually not a new thing. Uh, they just have a new platform. See, people for a long time have built a reputation for their knowledge and expertise in an area and then they share what they think through speeches or books or social media. And they make, they, they ha often have a large following and those people uh, listen to what they've said, those influences, and then they try to imitate them. You don't think it's true, can't think of anything? Every generation has had, their has had their influences. Let me say a few names or their books. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Brené Brown, The Power of Vulnerability or The Call to Courage. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mr Beast, PewDiePie. Dude Perfect, you mightn't know all those names, but I reckon there was at least one that was from your generation. See, it's the way we've been wired. YouTube and Instagram have just taken it to a whole other level. We're all looking for pace setters, people to imitate. One researcher into human behaviour said, we see these sorts of behaviours as being a core part of developing our human cultural mind where we're so motivated to do things like those around us and be like those around us it's just that children and young people are the most impacted by this but as an adult how, who you are has been shaped by the people you've imitated
Now, multiple studies have shown that children learn by imitating adults, as proven in this photo of my kids with their dad. Uh, all of them leaning and crossing. <laughs> have I got it right? Which foot, foot, which foot goes where? Uh, leaning over the railing. And then in this other photo of Steve with our middle child, can you see that, that the both have got hands in pockets, they're in absolute sync with each other as they walk along. Kids imitate. Kids imitate. And the number one place children find their model of faith and spirituality is in their own home. It's not the church kids program, no matter how awesome it is. And it's not actually a new idea. You know, Martin Luther in the 1500s, he said that fathers and mothers were priests and bishops and apostles to their children for it's the parents that make their kids acquainted with the gospel. But there's recent research. In the last 20 years, the National Church Life Survey has found over and over again that family life and the role of parents is at the centre of children's faith. While we're on the science, on the research, there's, uh, there's been over 50 studies that have found that when it comes to passing on faith, enduring adolescent and adult believers are often the product of caring homes where faith is seen, heard and experienced. So if you are a parent or a grandparent, do your children or grandchildren see you reading the Bible? Do they see you thanking God for things? Because they certainly see that what you say lines up with what you do. There is immense power in parenting because the home is where we see and hear both the words and the actions. And grandparents, I want to ask you, what are the ways that you could give your grandchildren something worth imitating when it comes to following Jesus, what is it? You know what, though? The research says it takes more than just the family to raise spiritual champions. And the wonderful thing is we actually have that. It's called the church. And the Barna Research Group had did a study and in 2019, they said that young adults don't merely want to know that Christianity is true. Well, we all want to know whether it's true or not. But not just that. They want to know, is it good? And part of the answer to that is, uh, from has been found by the Fuller Youth Institute, who found that when young people have more than five other adults... In their, other than their parents, in their faith community who know them. Not know of them, but know them. Know what they're interested in, know what they're struggling with, notice when they haven't been around, can pray for them, know them. See, those people who share life with those young people, enough that they can know what following Jesus looks like if you own your own business or if you're retired, or if you are suffering and have had a long-term illness, that those young people know what following Jesus looks like. So I'm wondering, kids of yes, can you name someone 
from this faith community who shows you what following Jesus looks like? Can you name someone? Maybe you could let them know this week. Maybe you could send them a message and let them know that thank you for being one of those people that I can imitate. There's a really beautiful picture of this from the Gama Festival. This is an 18-month-old Indigenous child watching and imitating his community. He's learning the stories and the ways of his people. So do you share your stories of what God has done recently? Not just the ancient stories. It's all very well for us to tell the kids about Barak and Deborah and Timothy and Paul. But what about the stories of today? Of the miracles and wonders that God has done in your life this week? Other people can't just see you here. They need to know you. See, the couple who's been married for 10 years and marriage isn't so great right now, they actually need to hear from the couple that's been married for 35 years that that couple can say, we've been married 35, 35 years and 32 of them have been fantastic. Others need to hear that you woke up this morning and you felt like staying in bed. But you're glad you came here to gather with others anyway. Or you joined in in someone else's lounge room. Or you offered to pray for your neighbour or friend at school. Kids are watching the teenagers. The teenagers are watching the adults. And church can be a place where families together figure out what family faithing looks like. Some further on, some at the same stage of life as you. And every single person in this faith community can be a pace setter for someone else. And it's not just that adults can be pace setters for one another or for the kids. But actually, at times, children can be pace setters for you too. In fact, I think that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 18 when he says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So where are the spaces that you are seeing the children's spirituality play out in a way that you can imitate? There was a church plant in the Hunter region they were given the opportunity to buy a building, but they needed to come up with $150,000 in three weeks. <sighs> well, the pastor, one Sunday morning, puts it out there to the faith community. We've got three weeks. And this child comes to him the next Sunday morning and says, Here's the money, Pastor. And there's $45. Turns out it was half of that child's birthday money. And he decided to be generous. And you know what happened then? A whole lot of adults decided to be generous too. He became a pace setter for his church family. The 
thing is, to imitate someone, you actually have to be up close enough to see what you're imitating. So you can't just meet together on Sunday in person or even online. You actually have to do life together. So I'm wondering, when was the last time you had someone else from this faith community in your home? When was the last time you asked another Jesus follower how they make decisions around finance or what they're reading or how they best hear from God? See, how, how deeply do we actually share life are we in the same race or are we running solely on our own track? See, Christianity isn't an individualistic pursuit. We're actually called to be part of a body. We need each other. Focusing only on your own spiritual walk, that is a Western mindset, not a biblical one. We need each other. You have a really important role to play in this faith community. People are looking to you to imitate. But that can't happen from a distance. See, those runners in Elliot's race weren't on the sidelines just cheering him on. Go, Elliot! They were in the race. They weren't just names he recalled. They were in the race with him. They were pace setters for him. They were fellow runners for him to imitate. And to raise spiritual champions, we need to have pace setters too. Pace setters in friendship. Pace setters in honesty. In the way we handle our business or our staff, pace setters in marriage, pace setters in repentance, pace setters in worship, in loving others, in suffering, in saying, I'm sorry. So, who are you imitating? And who's imitating you? It's really good to have people to imitate, but there's a caveat to all of that, isn't there? They have to be worth imitating. Remember studies that show children learn by imitating adults? Well, they'll actually copy everything that they see an adult demonstrate to them, even if there are clear or obvious reasons why those actions wouldn't be relevant. See, children don't always know how to differentiate between the, what is healthy or unhealthy, what is necessary and unnecessary, and from a moral, moral and ethical standpoint, what is good and what is bad. They simply learn by imitating. That saying, children see, children do, it's been linked very strongly to campaigns uh, against domestic violence in an effort to break the cycle. 
And maybe your own childhood home isn't one you want to imitate. Or perhaps there have been Christians in faith communities that you've been part of who have actually not been godly examples at all and it's impacted your faith. You know what? We can choose something different because there is someone worth following, someone suitable for all of us to imitate. There was another factor in Eliud's race that made all the difference to, being, to him being a champion. It was a laser line on the road that showed what was the best path to run. And if they followed that green line, that was going to give them the best path. And we have a laser line to follow too, don't we? His name is Jesus. So if you're a parent and you, your kids will be imitating you and you want to raise a spiritual champion, then you need to be imitating Jesus. All of you who make up this faith community, others are looking to you and learning from you. And you need to be a community that people can imitate because you are imitating Jesus. For your friends at school who are watching, watching your life and they're copying what you do, you can give them something really good to imitate. You can show them Jesus. Jesus is our laser line to follow. And just like people can't follow you from a distance, can't imitate you from a distance, you can't imitate Jesus from a distance either. You need to get close enough to Jesus to imitate him. You need to do all you can to follow close to Jesus. So many ways that we can do that. Wondering when was the last time you experienced the presence of God? I mean, he's always with us, but did you sense it? Or read the Bible for yourself? Nick's three-minute minutes, three-minute moments have been fantastic. But have you got your own three-minute moments? When was the last time you talked to God and waited to hear what he had to say? Are you part of a small group? Do you do all you can to prioritise above everything else you could do with Sundays to gather with your faith community somehow? Do you notice who needs compassion? Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. We follow him and then when others imitate us, together we can become spiritual champions. It's what God wants for us, the power of community. That's the way he's designed us. That's how, why his spirit is at work in us. Now there is no guarantee that others will follow our example. There is no there was no guarantee that Eliot would win or would run in under 2 hours. And there is no guarantee that your kids or your spouse or your family member or your friend 
will follow Jesus. But spurring one another on, giving our kids pace setters and other spiritual champions to imitate, who are imitating Jesus, it's the best plan I know. There's one final factor for Eliad that meant he ran that under two-hour marathon. He was in the race. He made the choice to give it all he had. He ran as fast and hard as he could. It was all very well that there were pace setters, all very well that there was a laser line to follow. But he made the choice to run and run with everything he had. So if you want to be a spiritual champion, it's going to require something of you. You need to get in the race. Because like Paul says, physical training is good. But training for godliness, it's much better. And it promises benefits in this life and the next. To finish, I'd love to show you a video of some spiritual champions I interviewed. I'd like you to listen as they share what they think being part of a community and being a Jesus follower is all about. Sometimes people call us the next generation or the church of the future. And while that is true, we're following Jesus now and he makes a difference in our lives today. Because I know he died on the cross for me, I can fully live for him and that I will make the decisions for him. He helps me, teaching me new things. Jesus makes me feel peace and comfort even when life gets confusing. God helps me to help others in situations like mine. Never bad nightmare, he's always with me. Jesus helps me to love my family, to pray for my family. God t helps me talk about him. I love the community of the church and how it makes me feel like I'm at home. I feel like I belong. I really love the community. Everything! How the leaders uh, take all the stuff from the Bible and teach it to us in a fun way. A real place to call home for so many different people. Seeing my friends. We can use our talents to serve God. What I love about our church is that we get to connect and grow with God. My family talks about Jesus at the dinner table and in the car. The adults inspire me by showing me how they love God. My family is trying to follow Jesus in everything they do. My family always lifts me up and points me towards Jesus. People say I'm good at leading. Music and looking out for other people. People say I'm good at solving problems. Talking to people, listening to them and just praying with them. I'm making a difference by caring for people and sharing the gospel by them through things like inviting them to youth group. I serve God by having joy and praying to Him. By being kind to others and being positive. Caring for the environment. One thing that I change about our church is to have better coffee. I'd love to make it easy for new people to get involved. If people don't have enough of anything, then we should be generous and give them to them. If I could change one thing in the church, it would be um, make it a bit more accessible to invite people. I put dancers on the stage. Try and make it a bit more inclusive. I feel like because it's such a big 
family, it's easy for people to feel left out or excluded. In 10 years, I'll be 24. I'll be 16. I'm going to be 19. In 10 years' time, I'm going to be 18. I'll be 16. I'll be 23. I'm going to be 18. I'll be 20. I'll be 23 years old. I'll be 27. Don't wait till then to ask me to talk to people, to help out or to pray. To encourage others and make friends. To ask me to serve. Share God's word with other people. To lead. To solve problems. To ask me to serve. You to get involved. To ask me to lead. I'm willing to have a go at anything to make a difference. Listening to him and whatever he tells me, I'll do it. When it comes to following Jesus. And making disciples. Let's do it together now! Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.